It's not your fault, Matt. I had it on mute. There we are. Now you can hear me. Hello, everyone. Here we go. So, it's so good to be worshipping together. It's so good to be just hearing from God and praising him and, and knowing his presence with us. Knowing that God is speaking, knowing that God is here with us. We're going to look at the word uh, for a bit. It's going to be a little bit different today, uh, but we are going to look uh, in a bit. I'm not going to come to it immediately. We're going to look at a few verses from Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, Because we're in between. We finished a series last week. We're in between in our preaching series. We just finished looking at the life of Abraham. We've been going through Genesis together, those different chapters in Genesis, looking at the life of Abraham, and Grant brought that to a close last week so wonderfully. And there'll be a new series coming soon. So at the moment, we're in between. We've left one behind, but we've not arrived at the next. In between times, they can feel a bit uncomfortable. So we're in between times in our preaching series, but for many of us, that might feel a bit like where we're at. Maybe individually, maybe as a church. Prophetically, that kind of has described where we are at as a church, in fact. I'm going to read to you a word that Ginny sent to us as elders at the beginning of the year. A year of in-betweens. For sowing what it, for what is to come, yet living off the old. A feeding from the manor in the midst of unexpected happenings. The camp has been broken up, but the new is not yet come. A year for patience, for resisting temptation, for following the Spirit for hearing words of life again, for living with the presence of the Spirit. A year for seeing joys overturn sorrows and a time for standing firmly on the not yet, on the not yet visible. There is an appointed time for the vision, though it seems to take a while. Keep looking for it. Keep standing in readiness, for it will surely come. A year of standby, and yet a year of many movements bringing move-arounds with some surprises. A year for trusting that there is a time for everything. We're in, in between times. You might feel that personally, but certainly as a church, in a sense, there is a sense that the camp has been broken up. We've kind of left something. We've, we've kind of left behind something, some of the way we were doing things, some of what we were in before. Actually, maybe it could feel for you, and it might for me, it's not actually that clear what, we, what it is we've come into. Have we actually come into anything yet? And we can get hold of that sense of, uh, as Ginny drew on in that prophetic word, the sense of the people of God in the wilderness. They've left Egypt. They've come out. They've been brought out of Egypt. They face all sorts of things. They cross the Red Sea. They're going through the wilderness, yet they haven't yet come into the promised lands. They're in between. 
And if we looked at that story in detail, we'd see it's not a very comfortable place to be. It's a bit, what's going on, God? What, are we, are we going to see this? Are we got there? What's going on? Oh, oh. It's a bit of a, an uncomfortable place. And for us at the moment, for, for individuals, for, for us as a church, we can look at this, this season. We can look back kind of 18 months to the pre-COVID era and think, oh, well, we knew what was going on then, maybe a little bit, but things have changed. We've spent 18 months online. We've spent 18 months as individuals and, and corporately of learning what this thing called Zoom is and, and, or Microsoft Teams or Google Meet or, um, or maybe, is anyone still using Skype? I don't know. Um, all sorts of things, all sorts of online meeting, ways of meeting. Wow. Learning what it is to put videos on YouTube. That's old, that's old technology, isn't it? We're using it, but anyone who's up with technology, not me, is saying, Rich, that, that YouTube videos, please. But learning how to do things in a different way because of the circumstances. But all the while, this sense of God saying, okay, you've got to do things in a different way temporarily, but you're not to go back to the way things were. I'm shaking things up. In the midst of all of this, I'm shaking things up. I'm changing things. We want to hold on to those things that are, are solid and definite. These are the things that God has called us to, but actually there's stuff to throw off. It's been a sense of a wake-up call to the church, to us as a church, to the church worldwide. What's God calling us to? And we can think about even, even very specific things for us in terms of our meeting, in terms of breaking bread. And obviously we're not, we, haven't, we haven't been breaking bread as we've come back together as yet, but that's not as a kind of, oh, well, let's just slip back to the way we used to. We don't break bread on a Sunday. No, we want to be doing that. We're trying to work that out. We can see that in the way we've made use of the Psalms in our meetings. It's not to say that that's what we'll do forever, but there's different things, even little things that we've just been discovering. God, what is it you want us to do? But of course, in other things as a church, in terms of, in terms of launching into hubs, in terms of raising leaders and seeing people taking responsibility for different things, in terms of, perhaps in terms of the pattern of our different meetings, in terms of prayer meetings and family nights and all sorts of other things. But in terms of our whole life as a church, God is stirring us. Wake up. Don't go back to what it was before. So it's a bit uncomfortable. And in fact, even as, we, even as restrictions are easing in terms of COVID, in terms of, in terms of what, what are we supposed to do? Things are changing. We're not quite back to what, what we might consider. See, this is the difficult thing. Are we going back to normal? We're coming in, we, we don't feel like we've come into this kind of new normal of what, what does the world look like now? Should we still be wearing masks? Should we not be wearing masks? Should we keep in distant from one another? Are we allowed to get close now? It's, it's uncomfortable. And actually, in the midst of that, it's easy to feel either, particularly in terms of church, can't we go a bit quicker? Or actually, slow down, you're going far too fast. Can we just get back to the way the rows were before, get all the chairs closer together and all sit next to one another and just go for it? 
Let's have coffee downstairs and let's just get back to normal. Or, whoa, whoa, hang on a minute. Calm down. This virus hasn't gone away. It's really easy to feel either we're going far too fast or, oh, man, we're going really slowly, aren't we? It's an uncomfortable time. We're in between. It's an in-between time. For us as individuals and for us as a church. Specifically in the midst of all of this, we've launched into hubs. For people who are visiting, we, we're, we used to be a church that met in two sites. We met here at the Jubilee Centre and we met at Shirecliffe Community Centre in Shirecliffe. For a while we had three meetings, two here and one in Shirecliffe, and then we were back at two meetings, one here and one in Shirecliffe. But two distinct congregations, but one church altogether. It's a long-standing call, a long-standing vision to see, to be a church in multiple sites across this city, reaching out to the city of Sheffield. been many prophetic words and images over the years. Things like a picture of a spider plant with the, the, the different... What do spider plants have? Leaves? Bronze? I don't know. Leaves. Long leaves. That reach out from the centre into all sorts of different places. A picture of the Star of David, which I think is still under that carpet. In this former synagogue. There's different ones on the wall. There's one up there. That sense of the different sections of there's this big central hub, but then lots of different little triangles around the side. Different congregations reaching out across the city. It's been this long-standing vision. And before COVID hit, we were poised to go, okay, we're going to take a step and, and launch a third site in the south of the city. And yet, in the midst of this time, God, we felt God calling us, no, actually, embrace being more local. Lockdown, in a sense, was a bit of a catalyst for this. Embrace being more local. See where you are. See the communities that you're a part of. See where you are in the city. And therefore, a call to accelerate this vision for multiple congregations, for multiple gatherings, for multiple expressions of church across the city. And we're not, we're not launching a third site. We're launching into six hubs. In that sense, it's like, look, not, not two to three, but two to six. This is massive acceleration. But we're not there yet. We've launched into six hubs, but what are they yet? In many ways, it still kind of feels like we're one church in six hubs, but we're one church that meets in one site. <laughs> we're just one site. We're one. one. Are we six? We're sort of six. Are we really one? And then there's these groups that go on. In fact, it could feel, to some, maybe it feels a bit like a backward step. Or like we've headed off on some kind of weird tangent. We were on this vision for multiple congregations across the city. Now we're one congregation and these kind of funny things that we're calling hubs. It can feel a bit disorientating, a bit unclear. We're in the in-between times. Perhaps it can feel a bit rough around the edges. A bit clunky. <laughs> Definitely feels like we're not there yet. Or even a sense of, maybe looking at it slightly different way, what's different? This is how we used to be, isn't it? We're all at, 
all at the Jubilee Centre in our hubs. When you say hubs, that just kind of means it's just a different kind of small group, isn't it? You're thinking, are we in a new season? Is this a new thing? I remember standing up here the first Sunday we were back in the building. I was about to preach and just relaying this, this, this kind of picture I'd had of the banks of the Jordan, the Jordan River, the people go through the Jordan to go into the promised lands. They're taking a massive step forward. This is, this is, this is fulfilling vision. This is going with what God, where God is calling them to do. And I kind of just started musing on the idea of, well, there's a river. It's got a bank on one side, a bank on the other. They probably look pretty similar, really. It might, have been, it might have been that there was this desert bank on one side and then this kind of lush green bank on the other side, but I don't think so. I think the Jordan River it probably looks fairly similar on both sides. And they're walking across the river and you could think, well, actually, if they turn around and go back, this is a huge backward step, but if they carry on going forward, this is massive. This is, this, is, this is taking hold of what God's given them, and yet they walk onto the bank and go, well, this looks the same. In one sense, it just looks the same. taking steps forward into something massively different and new. Don't be put off. Don't be dismayed. Don't be confused that maybe things see, appear similar or we don't yet see the fullness of something. We don't see all that God is showing us. This bank, this riverbank, this step for, this is the way forward. God is leading us into something new. And so helpfully, Ginny brought that word a few weeks ago. That picture of her and Stuart down in Rivlin Valley, seeing this group of duck, this duck and her ducklings, making their way up the weir, making their way up the river, trying to make their way up this weir. I'm trying to think of another word for it. It's not going to happen. Making their way up, trying to find a way. And the, the kind of mother duck, she can make her way up really easily. The ducklings are kind of thinking about it and working it out. How are we going to do this? Where are we going to go? And this sense that the ducklings, well, one, maybe one of the ducklings actually just takes a run at it, goes for it, gets there. Take a run, the ducks run, anyway, in the river, they're swimming. Goes for it gets up there. Another one maybe kind of they took a different path, trying to get up there a bit, kind of got halfway up and ended up floating back down, had to try again. Another duckling thought, I've got a plan. I'll head off sideways, find a different route round. Different paths, different speeds, different kind of experiences of how they got there. But ultimately, and what Ginny was saying was, ultimately, they all got up there. The mother duck was encouraging them. And they all got up there. They all got to the top. They all got to the place where they were supposed to be going. Different paths, different time, different speeds. We really feel that word's so significant for us as a church, particularly where we're at at the moment in terms, of, in terms of hubs, in terms of working out what it is that it looks like as we go forward, coming out of COVID restrictions, working out what, it, what does it look like to be one church in six hubs. We're headed somewhere together. Six local hubs looking to find their feet. Six potential local congregations looking to be established. So that there will be a day 
when we're not just one church meeting as one, all here, all the time. But actually, this will be a massive celebration when we come back together as, as, a, as an all-together, like we did in one sense, like we did in the old days, but better and different and new. Because actually, on other Sundays, actually, we're out and we're meeting in Shirecliff or in Woodseats, or I'm going to name places we might not end up meeting, I don't know, and in Stannington and different places around the city, established, seeing people coming in from the local community. This is the big vision. But we're not there yet. We're in the in-between time. We're not fully established. We're taking steps and thinking, I don't really see it yet. I don't really know where we're going. I don't quite get it. It's so wonderful the sense we might get there at different times. We might help one another out in different ways. We might be encouraging as we see, this one's got established. This thing's got established. This is there. Now let's see how we get there together before going on together as a people. In between times, it's uncomfortable, but God calls us to step forward in faith. Do we see throughout Scripture people struggling with the in-between times? We've just looked at the story of Abraham. If we look in, in Genesis 16, in the story of Abraham, we see Abraham's got Abraham and Sarah, they've got a massive promise from God. But they're having to wait. I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you, I'm going to make you into a great nation. But there's no child. Thinking about this, I've, we're, as a family, we're big fans of Tim Vine and his uh, wonderful brand of humour. Don't know who Tim Vine is, Google afterwards. You can Google this. He has, a, he has a little song which goes, waiting can sometimes be lots of fun. This won't work. Because I'm not in vine. I'm not singing it. But not always. See, it didn't work. Fell flat. But he, he sings his song. And actually, the truth of it, well, actually, waiting's never really that much fun. Unless what you mean by waiting is actually I've just got lots of other lovely things to do before I get to the thing in the evening that I was waiting for, if you know what I mean. But waiting is hard. Waiting's not a lot of fun, often. And we see Abraham and Sarah. There's a sense in, in Genesis 16, they just end up forcing the issue. They're eager, they're keen, they're longing for the change to come, longing for this son to be born, longing for this nation to be established. And Sarah says to, to Abraham, in, in Genesis 16, verse 2, she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And obviously, this is how it comes about that Ishmael is born. Forcing the issue. I'm so tempted to force things. And we can feel in that kind of place just now with, with COVID. We, can have that, we could have that sense, oh, when will it be back to normal? When will, why are the chairs still a bit apart? Why do we still need masks? Why are we not all here? Why, what's, what, 
what's going to be different? It just, it just still feels like what we had before, but just a bit worse because COVID's still around. But with hubs, we can have that feeling that it feels like we've gone backwards. We're no longer multiple congregations. We're just kind of here, aren't we? This isn't what we were thinking of. This didn't feel like what we signed up for. At least we were two sites before. That feels like we're just one. We can feel that sense of, come on, when are we going to get there? Waiting often isn't lots of fun. We can feel that, we can just feel frustration coming because we want to move quicker. But we can also see in scripture, we see the Israelites in the wilderness. That I was referring to before. And they face all sorts of things. They face all sorts of challenges. They, first, first and foremost, they've left Egypt and they come to the Red Sea. In Exodus chapter 14. And you can see we've stepped out in faith. We've been, God's rescued them. God's taken them forward. They're going on a journey to a land that he's going to take them to. God said, God said, this is where you're going. And a setback comes, huge setback, to be fair. Red Sea is fairly, fairly major obstacle. Can't go around it. Haven't got any boats. Uh, swimming doesn't sound like a good plan. Uh, oh, and Pharaoh's coming. Oh, well, okay. But what happens in, in Exodus 14 and verse 10? As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And you can see... So we're taking steps of faith. We're not there yet. We're stepping out, but setbacks can come. Obstacles can come. Things can not work out exactly as we were anticipating. It's so easy to feel, have we just got this completely wrong? Wouldn't it have been better for us to stay where we were? And you see, as they go further forward, when they send, if you remember, when they send the, the spies out into the land and they come back in, 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 uh, in Numbers chapter 14. You see, this sentiment comes across so clearly. Numbers 14 and verse 1 to 4, the, the spies have come back and they've said, yes, the land is wonderful, but the people are giants and it's a nightmare and we're never going to be able to take them. So then we see in Numbers 14 and verse 1, that night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud, and all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. In this in-between time, it, we can... We can feel that temptation to think, wasn't it so good what we had before? Wasn't it better? Wouldn't it be better to go back to where we were? Because here it feels uncomfortable. It feels challenging. And it's not all sorted out. And it's a bit up in the air. So in terms of hubs, what on earth is this going to look like? What's this going to mean? 
sub six congregations. I, I really like the West and the North congregation. I really like meeting all together all the time. I don't know what that's going to look like. What's it going to look? What, what does that look like? What's that going to mean for me? What's that going to mean for all of us? Can we just go back to what we had? Or in terms of COVID, there's that sense of, man, it just feels like we're running on too fast. We're not out of the woods yet. Perhaps can't we just wait and stay with what we've got or what we had a few weeks ago? Can we go back to what we had before? You see, the in-between time can so easily cause frustration, discouragement, even a kind of disillusionment. Where, where have we ended up? God, have you really led us here? Are we really hearing him? I can feel personally real sense of the last maybe month or so just feeling flat. This is hard. Not because of any kind of big crisis for me or anything. The whole, this whole period, it's, like, it's not like COVID's been a kind of really hard time in that sense for me. But this whole period going online, working out this path of meeting together again, walking that path out, looking, and in the meantime, looking to see hubs established, working out what does that, what's that supposed to look like? Moving forward in it, though not knowing all the details, feeling God is leading us into the new, and he's calling us to wake up, to wake up, to wake up, but feeling sleepy, feeling flat. <laughs> feeling like, oh, what? Feeling like a year could have just slipped by. What's going on? Well, what is going on? God's at work. God is at work. God's at work in the midst of all of this, in the midst of the, the in-between times, in the midst of the feeling, what on earth is going on here? In the midst of not really knowing exactly what's happening. And so, as I, as I said I would, I promised, we're going to get to Hebrews chapter 10. I just want to encourage us for a few minutes from there, in, the, in this in-between time, in this odd season still, it's kind of coming a bit more back to normal, but we're stepping into something new. What does that look like? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The writer to the Hebrews brings this encouragement to people who are facing setback and opposition and, and trial and thinking, oh man, have we stepped out into this, new, we've, we're following Jesus and in the midst of this we're facing backlash and it's hard and what's going on and he brings this encouragement. There's a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain. 
And we can draw near to God with confidence. We can enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. And we have a great priest over the house of God who is interceding for us. Therefore, what does he encourage us to do? Let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near to him. Let us remember our need of him. Let us remember our identity in him. Let us remember that it's him that we are living for. And let's remember that he is with us. In the midst of the in-between, in the midst of the I'm not sure where we're at at the moment, in the midst of this is still hard, in the midst of all of that, he's with us. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. Joshua certainly in an in-between time in that they still not entered the promised land and now Moses has died and now he's being asked, you, you step up, you're going to lead the people, you're going to go into the land and Joshua... God says to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. God, as Joshua is facing this moment, I'm with you, Joshua. Just like I was with Moses, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm always going to be with you. I'm always going to go with you. I'm always leading you on. And as the writers of the Hebrews encourages us here, let's come, let's draw near to God with sincere hearts. Not pretending, oh, okay, God, yes, of course, everything must be okay because it must be. Now come to God with our confusion, with our complaints, with our lament. And at the same time, in our failing, in our, with our sin, with our, with our mess-ups, with our, with our lack of trust. And come and say, God, I'm remembering. I have confidence to come to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. I can bring all of this before you. And I know you're with me. Come to him. So draw near to God, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Let us remember again, we have a hope that is, that is certain. Not whimsical or a kind of overly optimistic hope or a kind of pie in the sky, all I hope. No, a hope that is certain, that is absolutely secure because... He who promised is faithful. Let's hold unswervingly to this hope in the one who is always working. So encouraged to see Linda, Linda's testimony on Facebook this week. If you've not seen that, maybe we can uh, enable you to see that. Linda just testifying of how so much over the last few years. It's not all made sense. It's not, I don't know what's been going on, but then I can look back and I see God has always been working in it. God's always been bringing to this place where, uh, where things were going to be sorted and, and she's had this pacemaker fit and all this kind of stuff and God brought stuff to her head and seen her through. Incredible. Thank you so much, Linda. 
with that. And, and in the midst of that, quoting that song, Waymaker, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. God, you never stop. You never stop working. Let's hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. He's not leaving us here. You see, the problem for the Israelites, they suddenly felt, oh, well, we've come this far and we've come out here. Well, now we've just been left here to die. Now God's leading them on. God's taking them forward. It doesn't mean there's no setbacks. It doesn't mean there's no problems. But God is faithful. Let's hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. And as we do so, we recognize we have a hope that goes beyond the grave. We have a hope that goes beyond getting into six hubs. We have a hope that goes beyond COVID, kind of maybe, hopefully, eventually, we kind of get beyond it. A hope that goes into eternity. Hebrews 11.13. It's what Abraham and all of them were living for. Hebrews 11.13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. <coughs> Ooh, sorry. <laughs> Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. They've been thinking of the country they'd left. They would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Folks, we're always living in the in-between. We're always on a journey. We're on a journey of faith, which will end in glory with Jesus. Let's recognize we live in these in-between times and recognize that we can trust him. Hold on swervingly to the hope that we profess and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, the temptation in in-between times is that we're just hanging on and waiting for the in-between to end and we land in the place where we can step out and we can go for it. I think it takes a lifetime to learn it. We're always in the in-between times. It's always the time to step out. It's always the time to say, God, I'm trusting you and I'm going for it. Let's consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Now, when, when our hub's established, when we're meeting wherever, I'm in Hub A, when we're meeting in Shirecliff or in Pittsmore or wherever, or in Ecclesfield, sorry, I'll throw that one out there. Hub A's going, what? What? I'm not, I'm, we've got a wide-ranging scope of uh, area. That wasn't a word of knowledge. I'm just messing with Hub A. Uh, now I've messed with my th thread. Once we've got established, once we're, once we're in a place, once we're able now to go for it, no. Let's go for it. 
Let's go for it. That might be very simple. That might be reminding one another, keep holding on. Keep holding on. Keep holding on. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. He's with you. He's with you. He's still with you. He hasn't gone. He's still leading us. He wants to say that to so many of us today. He is still with you. He's still with us. He's still leading us on. He hasn't changed. He's never stopped. But we have opportunity in the here and now to step out. Yes, Will's just been reminding us of we, the devoted weekend's coming up. We've got opportunity to get out of our comfort zone and say, I'm going to go out on the streets and tell someone. I'm going to go on a litter pick and I'm going to hope to have a conversation with someone. I'm going to show people that I'm going to show people the love of God as I get out into the community. Day by day, we have opportunity. We can keep asking God for opportunity. Let's think, consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. As I come into land, I want to go back to Ginny's word. As we consider how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds, just really encouraged by these words. Let's be encouraged by this. The camp has been broken up, but the new is not yet come. It is a year for patience, for resisting temptation, for following the Spirit, but also this, for hearing words of life again and for living with the presence of the Spirit. I'm so encouraged even already this morning how God's been speaking to us. So much that came through worse. I'm just reminded of Kath's image of her kitchen. If we could rush forward and get the cabinets up and get all this up and get... This needs sorting. That foundation needs time. It needs attention. Then we can go forward. In, go forward. And Kath can have a great kitchen then. But we can go forward and build stuff that's solid, stuff that will last, stuff that will bear fruit. I believe God wants to continue speaking to us, both today and on and beyond. That we would be hearing words of life from Scripture, from our brothers and sisters, directly by the Holy Spirit to us. That we would be encouraged and that we would keep going. It is an in-between time, but life is an in-between time. We're heading for glory we're heading for eternity. And he's with us. And he's leading us on. So as we respond in just a moment, let's come to God. Come to God with expectancy, with expectation. Let's come with honesty. Let's come with sincere hearts. Let's respond to him, the one who is leading us on. The one who's at work when we don't see it. Let's come to him. I'm going to pray. Al, do you want to come and bring?